Hello, readers. Welcome to 20 Questions with Your Favorite Author, where we ask authors important questions like, why would you agree to be on this podcast? I'm Kelly Lee Colby, Editorial Director at Curse Dragonship Publishing. Our guest this week is Marty C. Lee, writer of the Unexpected Heroes series and gardener. Between writing and spending time with her family, she reads, embroiders, and gardens. Her characters take over her brain on a regular basis. If you catch her muttering to thin air, she's probably arguing with one of them. If she's not your favorite now, she will be after. Hello, Marty. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. Welcome, welcome. Are you ready for our hard-hitting questions? I'll do my best. Excellent. Well, let's start with, where do you get your ideas? That depends a lot on the story. Um, Some of them, some of them have uh, come from spinoffs of other things. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them, I'm working on a series of uh, fairy tale retellings set in my fantasy world. So those are kind of a mashup between what I already wrote and, and earth fairy tales. Uh, some of them. <laughs> I like that you said earth fairy tales. Yeah. Well, I don't write very writer, writerly of you. <laughs> yeah. um, some of them kind of germinate and then spring forth full born like Athena. Um, oh. Not quite full born. Obviously there's a lot of work involved, but. Uh, okay, right out of your brain though. It works. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I can track down where the idea came from, and sometimes it's just my subconscious stirs things together and says, do something with this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you have to listen. Yeah, because if I don't, they just keep talking, and then I can't go to sleep. <laughs> that could be annoying. Yes. No, I feel you. I feel you. Always distracting. Always on us. Yeah. Let's see. Where's your favorite place to write? I don't currently have a favorite place, but I tell you, I am really looking forward to when we have the storage room painted so that I can actually pull everything out of my office, my new just built office and use it for an actual office, mostly so that I can close that door. Mm. Keep the riffraff out. Oh, I mean the family. Right, right. (laughs) I understand. Sometimes I think I need to lock mine. The door isn't very effective around here. Yeah, I'm going to hang a sign on it. Mm. Enter and die. Probably not that one. (laughs) Maybe sometimes. (laughs) Maybe sometimes, yeah. Yeah. What I really want is one of those uh, remote light systems that you find in doctor's offices so that I can sit at my desk and flip a switch and the light on the door will change from red to green or whatever. You know, red light, don't come in here. Yellow, if it's important, you can. Green, go ahead and interrupt me. Mm, Please interrupt me. Yeah. I'm just working on boring stuff. You can come in. (laughs) You can come in at any time. Don't make me answer another email. Hey, I want you to know in the audience we have Jenny, and she says, thank you for Unexpected Tales. Ooh, I'm glad you liked it. So tell us, what is Unexpected Tales? So it's a sampler of short stories set in my not-Earth fantasy world. Uh, One from each country, so you kind of get to see the different cultures and stuff. 
and it stars minor characters from the series in their own stories. That's pretty cool, I think. So. <laughs> That's nice. Well, you already have a fan in the audience. She says it's awesome. Oh, thanks, Jenny. Let's see. And remember, if you have questions, please put them in the chat as always. And if you are listening and you want to join in, you can't figure out how, please log in and then you can type in. We'd love to hear from you. Let's see. So let's see. Kevin has a question. As a writer, not writing is stressful because when you're, oh, he has the thing. Yeah, he's a writer too. Kevin is. And he says when he's not writing, it's stressful because when you're putting the ideas down, you might lose them and heaven forbid the world lose any of your thoughts. <laughs> that, that's why I keep a notebook by my bed because when my brain starts relaxing for sleep, things start uh -huh. joggling loose. And if I don't write them down, then I either forget them or stay up all night trying to remember them. And neither one of those is good. Yes. Uh-oh. Let's see. Define uh-oh. I don't know. We're still on, right? We're all good? I see yeah. you. Okay, no. We should be good. Okay. I think I hit a button on Twitch. And it didn't like me. But we're good now. See, all the recording people, you're, all the people who listen to this on podcasts, we love you. Thank you for listening to us. But you miss out on the fun stuff. I mean, these are the fun things that happen. Let's see. Oh, question. Do you listen to music when you write? Sometimes, if I think of it. I actually like listening to music, um, although it depends where I am in the process. Sometimes mm -hmm. I find it distracting. Um, and I generally stick to classical music so that listening to words doesn't interfere with writing words. 100% agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I prefer soundtracks, but I have to be careful because then sometimes I'll be watching to a sound, uh, listening to a soundtrack too much and then suddenly I have to watch the movie. So what's helping <laughs> me write becomes a distraction. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, in your Unexpected Heroes series, which we have the covers showing on the screen right now, they are gorgeous, by the way. Well Thank done. You. So you have gods disappearing and elementals wreaking havoc in their absence. Where did you come up with this concept for world building? Okay, so um, it you want the long story or the short story? Well, I mean, we've got time. Okay, so back in junior high. Oh, no, it's too long. I'm kidding. No, no, no go ahead. I'll, I'll move fast. Um, I had an English teacher who insisted that if we wanted an A in the creative writing portion, not only did we have to write a certain number of stories each quarter and get a certain grade in them, but we also had to write each one in a different genre. <clears throat> the quarter, sometimes I, I started grasping a little trying to get a different genre. Um, so one quarter I wrote uh, what was basically just a description. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and faked it as a second person POV thing. Anyway, um, I, I got a good rate anyway, so I don't care. Anyway, hey, when so, you're experimenting, learning how to write, there's nothing wrong with second person, right? That's still a form right, of language. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that ended up being the beginnings of the setting for the world, although I've changed stuff. Um, and then in high school, I had friends who played D and D. And I didn't, but they were talking about some of the characters and everything and blah, 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 blah. And so I made up a character that I'm pretty sure broke all of the rules. I think there are rules anyway. And then that made me think about writing other characters, um, which ended in the creation of these four main characters that ended up in the series. 
which have also changed since their creation. But anyway, so I had these four characters. I had their names. I had what they looked like. I had their occupations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the fun of it, I wrote these four paragraphs about them as if they had been ripped out of the middle of a story. Um, cool action paragraphs um, that that were very revealing about, about the character. Like... Um, my my panther shifter had a care had a paragraph where he was uh, actually shifting into jaguar um, that kind of thing and my yeah. winged character was swooping down on enemies but they were just a single paragraph each ripped out of the middle of a non-existent story uh, and I I kind of sort of translated them into the languages for each country I made up their own alphabets all this other stuff. Wow. Yeah, I, I get go a little overboard. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> that just makes it better for the reader. I'm okay with that. I've been told that my world grade world building is pretty good. So in high school, I took a Christian fantasy class <laughs> and we studied Tolkien and Lewis. And the teacher said, so for extra credit, uh, write a paragraph, make up a foreign language, write me a paragraph, provide me the translation. So since I already had it, I sent him these four story paragraphs translated into their own languages got an a on that assignment that's fantastic um, yeah so then i got married i had kids a bunch of time down the road i had a teenage daughter very talented um <clears throat> she's an artist and uh, an author and she's written way more books than i have uh although she's only recently decided that um, editing is part of the process. Um, anyway, so it's a learning process. <laughs> yeah, it's of, I mean, when you're 14, who cares, right? Yeah, just uh, write, man. Just write. Right. right. Mm-hmm. So um, she was boasting one day. Well, you know, my art talent comes from dad, but this writing—that's all me. There's nobody else in the family that's a writer. <laughs> you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So I said, hang on, you get that from me. She said, you don't write. I said, well, you know, I've been kind of busy raising kids, but I used to write. (laughs) And she said, no, you didn't. I said, I'll show you. So I pulled out my file, started showing her all my old little short stories and poems and stuff like that. And she's like, eh, I will have you know, it is notoriously difficult to impress your own teenagers. She gets to these four paragraphs ripped out of the non-existent story. And she says, I like these. I want to read the rest of this story. I said, well, honey, that's all there is. <laughs> and she said, well, that's not good enough. If you don't have it, then write it for me. It doesn't count if it's not done, mom. I know, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I don't know what happens. So she gave me that teenage stare and said, well, I can help you figure it out. So then she started asking me questions. So for two Clever hours, girl. She, she started asking me questions about the world and about the plot, and about the characters, and and then we get to the end, she says, okay, now you have enough information, now write me that story, and I said, I forgot most of it, she gave me that (laughs) glare again, she said, I'll write it down for you, so she (laughs) this, yeah, it was great, I think I love your daughter, (laughs) well, I do too, but I'm biased, (laughs) Uh, she made me up this nice little table in a spreadsheet, with the characters, and the cultures, you know, and here's a row for weapons and here's the gods and here's the whatever and she says now write me that story 
So I plotted all six chapters of the short story, right? And by plot, I mean I had a sentence or two because that's plotting, right? Yeah, it actually is. So. <clears throat> yes. Well, it's different now. Anyway, <laughs> so I started writing and for the next 20 months, this six chapter short story grew and grew and grew and grew. And by the time I finished, I had 104,000 words. Mm. Uh, and by the time I reached the end, I was starting to think, well, maybe it needs a sequel. Can I do a sequel? <clears throat> and eventually I decided that maybe it needed to be improved. And so I found a critique group and started revising it, which may have taken, you know, six or years or so. Um, I'm hearing first book. That's pretty similar to mine as well. Yep. 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 It mm -hmm. was my learning book. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I rewrote it, oh, hundreds of minor times, but at least seven major times because I have seven major versions in my files. So anytime, anytime that I had to uh, change the POV or divide the chapters, that was a major version. Um, anything of like that. Yeah, it went through a lot. Anyway. But the the uh, heart of the story stayed the same. The last major version was was um, changing the climax so that the ending would be satisfying. Anyway, same ending, different different build up to it so that people would say yes instead of huh. <laughs> it's a learning process, though, right? Totally is a learning process. Yeah, it's a learning process. So good job for doing the work, though. So keep that in mind, all you want to be writers. It yeah, is work. you got to just plow through it. I've gone through about six writing groups. Love the one I'm in now. Excellent. Um, it's hard to find that one that actually clicks. Yeah. And the one I'm in now is a mixed genre one. And when I joined, they're like, well, you know, we don't actually read fantasy. Yeah, we get that and, a lot. Yeah. Well, you know what? I... They told me just a couple months ago, you know, we like your stuff so much that I actually read a different fantasy book. Your and gateway I thought, fantasy. I, isn't it great? And I thought, now that is a compliment. Yes. Yes. That's so awesome. I, I have hooked them on fantasy. We need more gateway fantasy. Yes. Well, mine... Even though it classifies as epic fantasy because it's secondary world and all that kind of stuff. Um, sometimes when people are, are doing the wince thing, I tell them it's kind of fantasy light. Oh, well, that's so cool. there's, a, there's a lot of, well, there is all the world building stuff that some people really love and some people really hate. And I just remind myself that I'm writing for the people that love it. Right. But it is very um, character intense. As so all that, good books should be in should any genre. Be, mm -hmm. Should be, but they aren't always. That's true. Um, and so it's less about, I mean, Brandon Sanderson has these great, like, hard magic systems. Mm -hmm. I don't. Um, mine, is, mine is soft on the magic and more involved on the characters. And so for people who, who aren't so into the magical parts, mm -hmm. um, even though it has magic, it's that's the light part um and it's so the it's, decorative part just to make things come to life well some of it's actually pretty plot important but you don't have to know how it works you just have to accept that it does oh well that's cool yeah like the uh, force before they tried to explain it yeah exactly i get yeah. that 
<laughs> and so, but because it has these really fun characters, people can get into the characters and then get used to the world and the magic and everything. So. Well, that sounds incredible. Fantasy readers everywhere. Unexpected heroes. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, we have some questions from the crowd. Great. Jenny wants to know, is there a soundtrack for your books? Uh, not yet. Uh, but one of these days I hope to get my songs recorded. So I ended up writing a song for each of the novels, which surprised probably nobody more than it surprised me. So You write songs too? That's incredible. They are very simple melodies don't be thinking complex things please that <laughs> and I got help from people who actually do write music so I, I wrote up a very rough draft and then said here fix it <laughs> that could be really fun do you play an instrument um I play the piano exceedingly badly <laughs> high praise high praise I mean if, if you're really desperate I can like pick out the melody line yeah I always wanted to play the piano just well enough to play like Christmas carols. You can practice. I mean, when I practice, I can learn a song well enough, kind of. Uh, I did one performance where I used the, this is the easy version of the song. And then when I couldn't do one stretch, asked my friend for a different key instead. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't play that. I'm sorry. I can't play that note. What should I play instead? Yes. I can't do that. Um, Roger wants to know, how did you come up with your book covers and are the symbols used in the stories? Are they important to the stories? So I totally hired out the book covers. Never I use a professional. Yes. Yes. Ask, ask professional. However, um, I did design the emblems on the front and they are important to the story. And I will give you a little cheater note about the books. When you are reading them, they have uh, little pictures at the beginning of every chapter. They are not random pictures. Ooh. So you can tell things if you pay attention to the pictures. Nice. Yeah, I had a question about that because I saw that you have quotes at the beginning of the chapters. Yes, I do. From and they're, you, they're fictional, right? They look like they're fictional, right? From fictional manuscripts? Yep. Uh-huh. Here's my question because I always want to do that. But how do you keep track and how do you decide like what kind of quotes appropriate for that chapter? Okay. So I keep track with an actual list. I have a, a document with all of them in and what book they're in or what story they're in. Mm -hmm. It gets pretty complicated. And I have it sorted by the fictional book or the country, the proverb is from or whatever. Uh, and they are much harder to make up than it looks and oh it looks pretty hard that's why i haven't done it yet yeah <laughs> it's it's even harder than it, it's amazing um I, I started doing it for book one because i thought it was cool and by the time i got through book four i'm like why am i doing this <laughs> i don't like me i know it Except i don't, don't really like cool. me um past me so, was mean most of the proverbs are actually real world proverbs some of them are altered a little mm -hmm. i just assigned them to the uh, fantasy country that made the most sense. As for picking which one mm -hmm. works for the chapter, um, some of them I use for sneaky background information that I want you to know, but I don't want to info dump. Yeah. Some of them are clues to the story. Uh, some of them are emotional little tidbits. A lot of the proverbs work for that. Mm -hmm. 
So I nice to set this tone before the chapter starts. I like that. It's a good reason. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Jenny Jenny says that she wants um ours and the other authors' brain droppings. I'm like, well, Jenny, you do get our brain droppings. That's the books. Yeah. My daughter, though, really wants a copy of my um rough outlines because she says they're hilarious. <laughs> I don't generally save a copy, but I, I've been known to write things like uh, drama llama, insert emotion here, or uh, um, fight scene, struggle and smash, or, um, you know, I, I just, it, I just stick in some idea of what's going to happen and then I make it actually sound good later. I love it. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I had one of my outlines somewhere. I was like, do something clever here. Like I couldn't think of it at the moment. Yeah, just exactly. do something clever here. And then I just kept going. So I right. Go right. Think of the plan. Yes. <laughs> See, we're not the only ones. These, these are our brains. I don't know if you want our brain droppings, Jenny. They're a little scary. Yeah. They're weird. They're, they're scary. Um, let's see. I think I got all the questions. If I missed a question, please put one in there. But I have questions of my own. I'm a very curious person. All right. I would like to know, have you ever gotten lost on Wikipedia or YouTube or somewhere like that? And if so, what rabbit hole did you fall in? Oh, I've fallen in lots of rabbit holes. Um, so let me tell you some of the things in my stories that people think I all made up and I didn't. Uh, I have a culture that has a language of flowers um so like they talk to flowers or they no. like if you give a bouquet to your sweetheart it says more than I was thinking of you depending on what flowers you put in it so yes that's nice there's a story like that in our anthology who knew small world yeah and it is based on the actual uh Victorian flower language although I have tweaked it for my benefit um so yes um, there is a healing salve in uh, in one, well, it ends up in several stories, actually. Um, and it is based on actual healing herbs, although to prevent people from experimenting and damaging themselves, I did translate it into the other world's language so that you don't know what it is and cannot mess with it. Thank you. <laughs> just chop it off right now no I like it the way it is yes uh let's see what else have I researched I've researched poisons I've researched how long it takes a body to decompose oh I mean I we've all done that I mean come on yeah I know right I've researched burns that was not fun um I have researched brain damage and mm -hmm. um now I've gone and forgotten I've just I've what rabbit holes you fell under damage. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I I may have a character that I've done a lot of things to. <clears throat> in fact, when I list them all in a row, it looks really super bad, except I'd like to say it stretches over four books. Uh, <laughs> Wait, is that supposed to make it better? Maybe. Um, I have researched wing ratios. I have researched um, the shape of wings. I have researched, oh, oh, lots of agricultural things. You would be surprised how many agricultural things like agricultural zones and what plants grow and different kinds of trees and fruits and vegetables. And 
I have, oh, and I have like the entire mammalian family tree in a file because I've got uh, an entire country of shapeshifters that are, come in different tribes called kindreds. They're all different. Um, and they don't particularly like each other. So I had to know, you know, what's going on with the cats and what's going on with the dogs and what's going on with the goats and what's going on with the elephants. And the, the uh, elephants are uh, the, uh, the temple priests, not the local ones, but the big guys. So when, when uh, their goddess needs to enforce something, she sends her elephants because really, who's going to argue with them? I mean, you could try, but they could just step on you until you're done. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I've researched lots of things. Lots of and things. If, if I know I'm going to go down a rabbit hole, I'll just do bracket, research, blah, 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 bracket, and do it later. And it's, it's always heartbreaking, though, when I research for, like, an entire day and then use, like, seven sentences in my novel. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, why did I waste all that time? But it was important. I needed to know I so know. I could get those seven sentences. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have I have uh, pages of uh, cultural information too that doesn't make very much in the story. Like there are sixteen clans in Iskra, and I know the two clan colors for every one, and I know their major e- export, and I know what their name means. Mostly, you don't get that in the stories. Thank goodness, you only mm-hmm. get little hints. Um, I know, I know how all twelve tribes of shapeshifters form their family names and unfortunately all 12 are different that was a headache um they'd have to be though so yeah yeah. no good choice Mm -hmm. so i have i have one character when they cross from one territory into another and he's talking about his wife and she has a different last name and somebody from another country is like well why doesn't she have your last name and he says because she's not my brother stupid How could you even think such a thing? Well, their last names not only designate um, their last name, but their gender as well. Oh, that's a nice one. Well, it's kind of like the Scandinavian ones, you know? (laughs) So, like, instead of just having Johnson for everybody, some of them would be Johnson and some of them would be John's daughter kind of thing. Interesting. anyway so in order to have the same last and they don't this particular tribe they don't change it when they get married Mm. so in order to have the same last name exactly they'd have to be brothers that's interesting i had one where the last names went with whoever was the most powerful so whoever had the most powerful family like it was very very class society so whoever had the most powerful family that's the last name they took it didn't matter male or female that mm-hmm. sounds like the Iskrans. They have a more um, egalitarian way. They actually get to choose which one they're going to take. Oh, well, that's a little more fair. Not as classist. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they can do it by who's the more powerful, or they can do it by who's the more famous, or they can do it by something else, but they get to choose. Mm-hmm. And then the Nokai don't have last names at all. So they're like, hmm. <laughs> You're like, this whole concept is confusing. I love it. That's the hard part, right? Trying to make all these things make sense. Yes. And then tell the reader just enough to make sense without making them say, this is too confusing. I'm not reading anymore. Yes. <clears throat> so make it real without confusing them. Right. That, that should be a tagline somewhere. That should be a fantasy sci-fi horror tagline. Make it real without confusing people. Right. Let's see. Well, 
I have a question. If okay. you could, I say that a lot. I don't know why. That's what this podcast is about, but I say it anyways. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Somewhere warm. <laughs> I'm with you. Houston finally got to 90 yesterday. Woohoo! I live somewhere where spring is very erratic. I think so, right now that's called the world. Yeah, well, it's always like this in spring. So winter, or sorry, night will be almost down to freezing. And then during the day, it might be 30s or 40s. It might be all the way up to 80. Who knows what it'll be tomorrow? It's great. <laughs> you just have to have all your clothes out at all times. So you never know what you need. Seriously, we just leave coats and jackets hanging in the closet all the time because, you know, if it's a cold day, you're back to a coat. You never know. Have you, what project that's in progress or not started are you most excited about? Oh, I like all my projects. That's why I write them. Um, <laughs> well, some of them I've already written. So what yeah, are you excited well, about now? I'm still, I'm still editing the first short story collection, which is contemporary to the novels, roughly contemporary. The oldest one is about 60 years before the series. Um, the latest one is a couple of years after the series, and then they sprinkle, you know, all throughout. Um, and that one's pretty cool. Um, I just finished the the last one um a few weeks ago which is a very fun romance it's hilarious um and then i'm starting on the legends that i told you about that are the earth fairy tales rewritten as if they occurred in my fantasy cultures it's so fun so is that gonna be a short story collection yep short story collection that's so Uh fun so i've already written uh snow white and the Stonecutter, and I'm currently working on a mashup of Dick Whittington and Puss in Boots. So fun! So, and others, let's see, some version of the Frog Prince, we're going to do the Dancing Princesses, except they're not going to be princesses, I'm probably not all going to be girls, and it's not going to be a romance, uh, and it'll be underwater. So, and then we're going to do uh, Red Riding Hood from the view of the wolf, and it's going to be different. And Icarus, and what am I forgetting? Anyway, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> there's more. There's more. <clears throat> yeah, there's there's nine or ten of them. So it'll be That's cool. So That's when you did Icarus, because the, the the first book in your Unexpected Hero series, when I was as I was reading the beginning, I had an Icarus feeling in my head because he's yeah. flying, you know. <laughs> well, out of the four countries on my fantasy world, one of them is populated by flying people so, so fun yeah so that's funny i had icarus on the brain since that but he he wasn't he was having a fun time he wasn't having a bad day it all worked out great for him well the flying uh, part uh, <laughs> the flying part worked out great. great i don't think his day worked out very well <laughs> yeah, not the rest of the day <laughs> uh, but you know everything's hard when you're a teenager Although I will say, um, when I when I wrote book one, I got to chapter two, and his dad is not very supportive in chapter two as far as the teenager's concerned. Mm-hmm. And I was on his side until I started writing these 
supplementary short stories. And then I found out why his dad was like that in chapter two. And then all of a sudden it was just really sad. Oh, I'm telling you. So, it's hard being a parent. Yeah. It is hard. And yet we chose to do it. What were we thinking? Oh, yeah, there's good parts, too. There are. There are totally good parts. <sighs> like when they make you write. <laughs> <laughs> if you could meet one idol, who would it be? Ooh. I don't know. There are a bunch of people that would be super cool to meet. I'll tell you a funny, though. Um, book four is partially dedicated to somebody who does not even know that he inspired me. What? Yep. You have to tell us who it is now. Uh, he's an astronaut. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I read science books for fun because mm -hmm. I'm a nerd and yeah, yeah. it's cool. I love and <laughs> I was making my way through several different astronaut books just for the fun of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, at, this was at the point when I was trying to decide if my writing was going to be a hobby or if I wanted to pursue it professionally. And as I was debating this very important question, I was reading Chris Hadfield's book where he is debating whether or not he wants to try to be an astronaut which is a very uh, difficult and unlikely path to follow. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm, what he decided was that uh, he, he looked at the, the most likely path to get there, which at the time involved uh, fighter pilot testing and things like that. And he decided that if he went along this path and didn't make it to the end, would he be happy stopping at this point or that point or that point and he decided sure any of those would be fine not as great as actually making it to astronaut but he could live with it if he if he reached for his dream and fell short he would still land in a place that he liked and i thought oh well that is a good way to look at that so what a I, healthy worldview isn't it uh-huh so I started looking at the path to becoming a writer and thinking, if I stopped somewhere along the path, would I be happy where I landed? Nice. And so that's how I ended up pursuing writing. I love it. So healthy. So healthy. Let's see. Uh, Zaphos says that Chris Hatfield is a spectacular human. So we're, we're big, we're big astronaut fans around here. So we, we, we definitely, we definitely adore. We're in Houston, so it's almost required. Nice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So excellent. Now I'm very curious about who it was. I'm trying to remember which the astronaut, and of course he was a test pilot too, but they all were at the beginning. All of them were. Um, I don't remember his biography. I just read someone's memoir. Young. Um, I think it's just John Young. Anyways, it was fascinating. So it's one of those things. But he was cool because he went into the technical things about how the machines worked. And uh -huh. I'm afraid I skimmed a bit. <laughs> Remember what you said, like magic being too complicated? Yeah, what? that was like magic being too complicated for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you tried. <laughs> when I was reading that, I was thinking somebody who loves airplanes, though, is loving these chapters. Well, I like reading sci-fi, too. 
but I'm not so much into like the space opera where they go into these grand descriptions of all the battle strategy and the different kinds of weapons and everything. I'm like, okay, skip a page. (laughs) (laughs) That's very fun. Back to the characters. Thanks. Yes, exactly. It can be fun. It can be fun. Let's see. So we have, what do you hope your readers get from your work? Well, besides having fun. It is uh, the most important, right? Well, you, uh, I hope that they end up feeling a little more hope in their own lives. That's excellent. Since you write YA, I think that's very good. It's extremely important for YA. So we had that talk with another author friend and yeah, it's, it's, it's. That's actually one of the reasons why I started writing fantasy instead of something else, because Mm -hmm. a lot of genres have kind of an associated emotion with them. Like horror obviously goes with fear and romance goes with love or other things. Uh, Fantasy, many times what you get is wonder and hope. And I liked that. Um, now let's not kid ourselves. Bad things happen in the middle of my books. Well, yeah. Uh, because you know, conflict and obstacles and things like that, but they all have happy endings in one way or another. Mm -hmm. I've had readers tell me that they cried through my happy endings, but you know, and (laughs) they can be and happy, just not all roses. (laughs) well it has to count it has to mean something yes it does yes so if it's all too easy so that's the problem we like torment our characters but we don't do it because we're sadists right Right. we do it to show that you can overcome things that things are going to happen to you and it is your choice to overcome them yes so that's where the hope comes in so no you don't have to apologize for that that's the good writing that's good job yeah so at the end when when they reach the happy ending Mm -hmm. and and the characters are dealing with their new realities. I hope that my readers want to deal with their realities too. Excellent. Stay in the real world. You can play in this one for a little while, but stay in the real world. Yeah. Well, the real uh, world has hope too. Sometimes you just have to look for it. Or, or make it yourself. Or make it yourself. Yeah, this is what I have found. Just make it yourself. Find like-minded people and make it. Make it happen. Let's see, what are your plans for Mother's Day? Uh, not go anywhere. I love not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so so everyone getting ready to open back up and go out, you're like, no, I like it. <laughs> nope. Nope. My life didn't change as much during quarantine as some people's did. Mm. Nope. As introverted as I am most of the time, I still have to leave the house. I just come home to, you know, to recover. So we've had a lot of fun. I think we hit the lightning round with you. Are you ready for lightning round? Sure. All right. We have fast questions. Ready? Okay. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? I like ice cream. It's hard to pick a favorite, but I tend to veer toward fruity flavors or minty or chocolatey. Mm. Or like raspberry chocolate chip is pretty good. You can combine two of them if you want. Mm. I love that. Raspberry and chocolate are meant to be. I know, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm still hearing that your, your your answer is my favorite flavor of ice cream is ice cream. There are a few that are excluded. I'm not very fond of cookies and cream or cookie dough. Um, I don't like lime. Um, I like ice cream. <laughs> 
I like ice cream. <laughs> that is a good answer. Me too. What is the first thing you put in your grocery cart as an impulse buy? Um, French bread is pretty common. Um, sometimes something chocolate, especially if it's on sale. Mm-hmm. Um, Ice cream. <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> Just not lime ice cream. If I want lime, it's going in my margarita. Okay. What is your least favorite chore around the house? Least favorite? Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't know. What's my least favorite chore? Oh, my husband says all of them. That's not fair. <laughs> that would be true for my list, unfortunately. My husband <laughs> I actually don't mind washing dishes. Uh, really? Yeah. Well, that doesn't count as least. So your least favorite are all the other ones except dishes. Um, I don't mind doing laundry, but I don't like folding it. Mm. I prefer sweeping to vacuuming. Mm. Um, I don't mind weeding. <laughs> These are supposed to be the easy questions. I just want you to know, Marty. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, that's why we do this. This is interesting. <laughs> I'm learning so much. And and the audience agrees with you. Steven says folding laundry is the pits. Yeah, it's I don't think anyone boring. likes to fold laundry. It's so boring. There's got to be someone who likes it. Uh, let's see. Cats or dogs? Cats. Coffee or tea? Neither. Neither? Neither. I, no, I don't like either. And what part water. of your daily routine is an absolute must? Um, in order to sleep properly, I need a cool down routine at the end of the day. Mm, I like it. What's your cool down routine? Uh, usually reading, preferably a paper book rather than a screen in dim light with something warm at my feet. Excellent. Like a cat? <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we don't actually have a cat right now. So Aww. an electric blanket or a heated rice bag. Nice. You know, one time we went camping and it was freezing and we made baked potatoes. It was with a Girl Scout. So I was cooking and I fed, there were a couple hundred girls there. And so we made all these baked potatoes. We put them in coolers to keep them hot. And at the end of the day, there was some left over. And where I was, there was no heat or anything like that. And I was by myself because I was cooking and not like in the cabins getting the warmth from the girls. So I took some of those baked potatoes because they were all wrapped up and put them in my sleeping bag. (gasps) Oh, I was so warm. It was like magic. I could not believe it. Yeah. I would recommend that at home because you did have to remember one of my friends, she was like, you did what? She says, I'm going to do that. So the next night she took a potato, except she forgot to take it out of her sleeping bag when she got home. Oops. (laughs) So rice is a much smarter idea, but (laughs) yeah, that was fun. Um, Let's see. I think I did everything. Absolute must, Cassie, coffee, tea, Mother's Day. Yeah, we're good. So recommendation for the best chocolate, I can give you that. Yes, I always want chocolate recommendations. So there is a candy store in Salt Lake City called Cummings Studio Chocolates. It makes the best chocolates ever. My favorite is the double dip mint. It has a layer of milk chocolate and a layer of dark around a mint filling. It is so scrumptious. That sounds like an, a reward for finishing a chapter. That's what and it sounds like to me. They do, they, 
uh, we'll mail you an order too if you order online. Ooh, that sounds incredible. We're going to have to sign up for that one. Sign that up. Mother Day, Mother's Day is Sunday. I'm sure if you order it, I'll get it after Mother's Day, but who cares? <laughs> we're, we're inside all the time anyways. It doesn't matter what day is day. Right, exactly. That's right. It totally works. So you are awesome, Marty. We had a ton of fun. For our final question, I'd like to know where can fans find you and your work? Well, I am online, mcleebooks.com. And my books are just about everywhere. Amazon, Kobo, Barnes & Noble, Apple, libraries, um, and lots of really small, weird places that I can't keep track of. <laughs> so, yeah, just about everywhere. And if you don't, they're not on Kindle Unlimited, although they are on Amazon General. But if you want to read them for free, request them at your library. Excellent. That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much, Marty. So please, now that Marty is your new favorite author, please read her work and review it. Also, please review this podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can also follow us on Twitch so you can come live and have all the fun. Or you can subscribe on YouTube and catch the videos when they post on Friday. So thank you for being with us. I want to thank our um, subscribers, uh, Eight of Nine, Chortle T and DH Dunn. Thank you so much for helping support this. We can have awesome mics and record and give you quality work. And tune in next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central, where we will have author Kayla Cranston. Thank you very much, everyone. <laughs>